0: It's finished at Sunderland. Manchester United have done all they can. That will really be gold enough for three points. The city live here.
1: Okay, welcome Blues to episode 12 of the Bolt from the Blue podcast. As usual, I'm joined by City fan legend Walter Smith after a perfect week in the league and the EFL Cup. Walter, City win, United lose, again. Are you singing the Blues?
0: (laughs) I feel like Muddy Waters, that's how much Blues I feel. Yeah, it's... uh... Perfect week. I mean, what was brilliant about it? I mean, I didn't get to the game because uh, I was at a christening, believe it or not, in, in Manchester. What was fantastic about it was you've got a load of United fans, obviously, there. There was no aggro or anything, but you've got a load of United fans there and you've got a load of City fans there as well. The difference in demeanour was uh, quite stark, should I say. <laughs> the sad chops were definitely, definitely on the red half of Manchester. So, quite interesting to watch the fortunes of uh, Manchester United as uh, City uh, powered to the top of the league, I believe.
1: Top of the league on goal difference from Liverpool. And listen to these stats, Walter. So 19 points, level with Liverpool. We've scored six more goals. Same amount conceded, so we have the best defence in the league. Two points ahead of Chelsea. Ten goals ahead of them in goal difference. Four points ahead of Tottenham. 11 goals more than them in the goal difference charts and, of course, also four points ahead of Arsenal and 13 goals ahead of them. It's almost like an extra point, isn't it, when you get to 10-plus in the goal difference columns, do you think?
0: Well, it's run us a league, hasn't it? It's invaluable at times. And what it also does is, while we're just annihilating teams it just builds confidence as well and that confidence can I think certainly last year saw us over the line in quite a few games whether that was Bournemouth whether that was Southampton you know these late goals winning breeds confidence of winning if you know what I mean and, uh, especially if you spanking teams as well it's always good always beautiful at the Etihad nice sunny day when you're sticking five or six pass on opposition. you know it's demoralising for them great time to be a bloom isn't it we'll start off
1: with the Brighton game and you saw City beat Brighton 2-0 a goal from Sterling on the 29th minute and then a goal in the second half by Aguero on the 65th minute now it was only 2-0 but the possession stats were ridiculous total domination 28 attempts at goal to Brighton's four Ederson had one thing to do in the game just to pick up a looping header there were 851 passes to Brighton's 210 this is a great bit of encouragement before Hoffenheim and especially with that defeat still hanging in the background against Lyon's City know how to get back on track don't they
0: well it's it's, it's interesting what you said before about Liverpool and City conceding the same amount of goals because I'm sure Liverpool hardly conceded a goal until they played Leicester which might have been the fourth game they're getting worse in defence while we're getting better I remember I was watching the game I sort of excused myself From the christening Well um, We sort of Found a stream As it were And I, I sometimes Like watching a game With a fan From another club And I was watching it With a Blackburn fan And he was purring About City He was talking about The relentlessness I, I pointed out Where I sat in the second You know Where I sit In the ground Because I'm on tier one And he was sort of Coming back and saying Well oh, You'd have been away from all the action in the first half because it's so far away from you. Because we were encamped in their half and it was one-way traffic the whole time. What I really liked about it was the way we were able to stop Brighton even counter-attacking. We was smothering teams. I mean, people talk about, you know, man of the match, was it Aguero, was it Sterling, was it Zinchenko, was it? It was the Brighton goalkeeper. He let in two, but my word, that pinball wizard <laughs> at times in their box. Just relentless. The Guardiola machine it has been given that bit of oil and it's certainly clicking into place. Got out the rest of the uh, Premier League when Kevin De Bruyne gets back in it.
1: Wonderful pictures of him on Twitter. He's back in training. I uh, don't know how long it'll take for him, maybe a, a week or two to get back in the team. But Brighton are no mugs actually, Walter. You might remember in August they beat United 3-2, although it doesn't take too much to do that these days. <laughs> um, Liverpool only managed a 1-0 win against them and Tottenham narrowly beat them 2-1. So, They can be tough opponents, they sit deep, but uh, there was no threat on the counter, really, was there in this game.
0: No, there certainly wasn't, and um, I I watched a bit of the United-Brighton game, because I was in Tenerife at the time, and one of my mates who I meet out there, he's a Brighton season ticket holder, so he was watching it, and the beauty of it was, (laughs) there's United fans fighting amongst themselves, (laughs) you know, just because it was 3-2, but United got a penalty at the end, which sort of gave it an air of respectability, which the performance didn't, you know, didn't merit. Brighton aren't any mugs. I mean, they've not got a great record on the road, but they're a well-set-up team. I mean, I noticed that when we were playing them. The first goal came when they had the ball and City sort of snatched it and it was on the counter-attack. You can talk about Brighton. Are they going down? No. And they're not—they're not even a contender for going down. So you know they're not sort of Premiership cannon fodder, as it were, as Jose Mourinho will testify. You know, it's uh, a good result and three points in the bag. And can I say it again? Top of the league.
1: Top of the league. Raheem Sterling is top of the league, and let's talk about Sterling, Walter, because as you mentioned, he scored the first goal. It took us 29 minutes to make the breakthrough, so we were dominant in possession, and as you mentioned, a quick counter-attack, Sterling broke the deadlock, sliding home Leroy Sané's cross, and it was uh, this counter-attack really opened up the Seagulls' defence for the first time, really. Typical Guardiola goal, tap-in, but what I noticed was, as Leroy was coming across, the speed of Sterling. Now, I've been impressed by the speed of Leroy Sané, but when I saw Sterling's position, I thought, there's no way he's getting there. And in a flash, he was like, speedy gonzalez it was just up there and in there for the tapping it was such a classic guardiola goal wasn't it
0: well it was i mean what i liked about it also was aguero finding leroy and what a cross from leroy Raheem sterling some people naively sort of give him a bit of grief calling him a tapping merchant like gabby Jesus. but the whole team built up for that <laughs> particular reason he's just the the cherry on top of the cake you know he's the one that sort of provides that. Leroy Sane got the ball and he only had that one option. Just one option. Because if you notice, Aguero got blocked off and you can see he's put it into what I like to call the the tunnel of chaos.
1: Corridor of uncertainty.
0: <laughs> it's, it was the one ball that could unlock the Brighton defence and he found it. Sane, for all the sort of, I don't know, uh, dramatics from the, the red top newspapers about his Being left out of the team. Guardiola seems to be handling him perfectly.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say that. That's looking like so much nonsense now. It was really, really a storm in a teacup. He was having complications in his private life. He didn't get off to the best start. He had that that disappointment about not being selected, but he was lucky not to be in that German team and, and be tainted with their woeful performances. But he's really back on it again. He really looks serious. He means business. Don't you agree?
0: Well, the more he plays like this, the more the German manager looks an absolute mug mm. you know what I found when I was watching Germany during the World Cup was when they did try and counter attack they just didn't have that speed of, of movement you know the midfielder got it and he's got his head up and he's having a circle a bit before mm. he could just whack it up to someone like just like Leroy uh-huh. uh, Leroy would have been perfect for them and the fact that he didn't go I care. It's I said it at the time I think it's fantastic for Manchester City because if Pep gets into his head, Leroy Sally can just blow up big this year. Mm -hmm. You know, he got Young Player of the Year last year, go for the full one this year.
1: Walter, one of the reasons that Brighton found it so difficult to get going was the performance, again, of Laporte. And I know you've got some (laughs) um, harsh words for a certain journalist who takes Mr Laporte for granted.
0: So I listened to Duncan Castles. He was on the Transfer Window podcast. Mm. And he was sort of... We were talking about United and these big flops. I think it was Sanchez they were talking about. And he said that United aren't the only team to get big flops. And he was trying to build a narrative in his own head that Laporte was a flop. What? Uh, (laughs) And I was was sat there thinking, Duncan, only in Duncan world. Duncan (laughs) donuts, you know what I mean? It's uh, just, would you try and build a narrative like that? Because, you know, we watch him week in, week out. And this guy's a Rolls Royce. You know, Duncan was talking about his lack of positioning, uh, his, his inability to cope one-on-one, the fact that he can be bullied. And I'm sat there thinking, mate, what planet are you trying I know you love Jose, and I know you're trying to make any excuse under the son for him, but when you're really barking up the wrong tree, <laughs> yeah, Duncan, keep drinking your whiskey, taking your tablets and live in Duncan world because Laporte is, I put forward the case, is our best central defender mm, this season. Absolutely. So Laporte, what I like about him is he's just so, cool. he put in a slide tackle. that you know, you thought the play was away and he's just put this slide tackle in. And, you know, one of those tackles where the player's looking now thinking, where the buddy hell did that go? Mm. And you just see Laporte, I don't like seeing players go to ground unless they do it perfectly, and he did it perfectly. So I'm just laughing at Duncan Castles, not for the first time in my life, and I hardly say for the last time.
1: Yeah, that's one of the more ridiculous claims. I used to listen to the Transfer Window podcast because I thought that when they were talking about something else, then it would be easier to listen to. But The the funny thing is that the other two guys, Ian McGarry and the other one, they tend to kind of like go along with what Duncan is saying. And it seems at times like the Manchester United apology podcast. I mean, there are such apologists (laughs) for everything there. It's it's like Duncan has infected them with his nonsense. And yeah, I hope they recover.
0: Oh, no, I don't. I I want him to keep spreading this (laughs) beautiful delusion. And they'll keep up with Jose there and he will grind that club into the ground because it's crap football to watch. He's on a one man mission. He's doing his third season wonders at United and long may it continue. It's great at work at the moment. (laughs) I just go in with a beaming smile. I don't say a word. And you could just see the heads going down, thinking he's going to say something. And I'm just thinking, nope. And I, you know, might drop something later. <laughs> I'll let them revel in their own misery.
1: Did you see that meme on Twitter with uh, two side by side photographs with the caption "Your Phil, Our
0: Phil"? <laughs> what, what annoyed me about, I know, what annoyed me about, Phil, everything oh, annoys me about Phil Jones. I saw a little uh, GIF of him tripping over the, yeah, tripping over the side of the pitch. And it just said the most Phil Jones thing ever. <laughs> um the only shame was you didn't see his face when he did it. Oh. Um, you know, Phil Jones was a player who seems to have decent potential. And let's get this right. When he signed for United, he automatically went into the England team. When he signed for United, within two months, people were talking about him being the new Duncan Edwards. That was Ferguson and, said that, actually. Ah, oh, I mean, I'm not going to swear, but just utter... Utter Um <laughs> What an embarrassment for for Phil Jones, and you know Duncan Edwards' family must be sat there. How can you drag Duncan's great name through the mud with Phil Jones?
1: I was speaking to uh, a city fan on Twitter who is quite sympathetic to United because his family are half red and half blue, and he just said, "As long as we've got." players of the likes of Phil Jones and Chris Smalling. There is no way we're going to be anywhere near the league title. And I have to agree, they just keep buying these expensive imports. Mourinho keeps destroying them. There's a schism fault line right through the middle of that club now with Pogba and Mourinho, and we're all enjoying it immensely.
0: What I would say is, when Pep came to City and Jose came to United, They'd finished the season before on exactly the same points. City scraped the fourth place position. So you could argue that these two clubs started at the same place. These two managers started at the same place, you know, when they took over. How many players with hand on heart can you think of at City that Pep's not improved? And how many players at United, hand on heart, has Jose taken backwards? So... Well, Walter, just according me. to
1: the full-time Devils, you're completely wrong. Mourinho had to deal with the <laughs> with the wreckage left by Louis van Gaal and uh, David Moyes before him, and he did an incredible job of w- winning a, a treble in his first season. So, you know, take that, Walter.
0: Well, I mean, the thing is, the stats have proven wrong. And, you know, you look at some of the players that City have shipped out since. Uh, you know, we had to go out and spend, you know, a, a, sm- a small country's GDP. On fullbacks. Ah, you have because, been listening to
1: Duncan Castles then.
0: <laughs> well, every club does it. So, you know, we had Scott by Walker, you know, Mendy, Danilo. We converted Delphine into a left back. The players that he's brought through, but it's not just that, it's just the massive improvement of the players that Pep does. And um, the other thing is, you can see the likes of Pogba, you know, the, the, the staring at him, you know, staring at Mourinho and the you know Mourinho opens his gob about players today, and he's saying a lot of them aren't buying into it. And then you look at Pep. I'm talking Pep in the All or Nothing documentary. Pep opens his gob, and especially you know on the side of a pitch. You know, I remember when we played Leicester and Pep was there. You know, he's got the the penalties coming up and the extra time coming up, etc. And he's he sat there talking to the players and do- all oh, 100% buying into his philosophy mm. because they can see where it can take them. I'm happy with Pep, if they're happy with Jose, the world is alright.
1: They're welcome to him, they're welcome to him and uh, Walter, one of the players that Pep has improved is Sergio Aguero and continuing on with our narrative on the Brighton game, I think it was just after the art Mark, Aguero killed the game with a wonder goal. Can you talk us through it?
0: This for me is the most Maradona-esque goal I have ever seen in the Premier League. Wow. And the ball gets fired up to him, and he kills it dead with his chest, if you notice that. He does a one-two, and he's away. And what I noticed, I know it sounds daft, this, when Sergio was running with the ball, he doesn't keep it glued to his foot like some other players do. It seemed to be he's running along with his favourite puppy and the puppy just goes where he goes. And he gets the ball out to Sterling, and what I liked about it is Sterling's first instinct wasn't just to crack it into the back of the net from a harder angle. It was there, Sergio, get it straight to him for that easier angle. I don't condone kicking a puppy into the back of a net at all, (laughs) but you understand the sort of analogy. He's, He's running along with it, and the ball almost sort of follows him and does what he wants to do, rather than... It sticking to his foot like you know um, the Messis or Ronaldo's of this world. It was really strange to watch, but it was you know people were talking about Sturridge's goal being the goal of the weekend, mm-hmm. and I thought not a chance. You you see goals like that fed on a monthly basis in the in the Premier League, but you don't. I've not seen a goal like Sergio Aguero's. That ability to take on the ball from the halfway line and involve the team. It's like a solo goal, but involving the team. It was an incredible, incredible. Oh, it's not even a piece of skill, it's pieces of skill. I just, I was amazed. I just thought, he's going, he's going, he's going almost. I was going to say like Maradona in 86, but that's what it reminded me of in many respects. Just a wonderful talent. There's another player. Who has improved under Pep and he bought into a Pep philosophy. And he's not a young man anymore, you know. He's he's in the autumn of his career, so to speak. He will be better for the team now that he's buying into Pep's philosophy. You know, it's just what a goal. You know, I'm just delighted for him. Um anybody there who's had the privilege of watching it. Should
1: we pay Sterling what he wants after that uh, performance, Walter? He's getting more and more crucial every week.
0: If he wants parity, give him parity. You know what I mean? If he wants Sanchez wages, well, then we might be looking at offloading him somewhere else. That was interesting today, in the last couple of hours, that Sanchez is saying he regrets joining United and he should have joined City. Oh, of course. <laughs> what tough city. You know, you make your bed, you lie in it. <laughs> but Sterling... It was it was strange last year. I was uh, I was looking at Leroy Sane won the Young Player of the Year, and people were delighted with that. I thought Sterling was better than him.
1: Yeah, you've always said that, haven't you?
0: I thought he had a better season than him, and I th- this year so far, he's had a better season again. He's just a, a wonderful talent. Who. Got that? I mean, he was unlucky just to get the one goal. You know, there was a couple of sort of cracking saves. He had one goal and one assist, you know. he's He's got that ability to not only pass the ball, look for the ball, but he's fantastic at dribbling. And he can go either way. So defenders don't know, on the whole, how to handle him, especially in a tight position. You know, he's a fantastic talent, isn't it?
1: He? Here's a question for you, Walter. They used to say it of a player: Can he do it against Stoke on a wet Tuesday night? Here's my question for you: Can Sterling do it at Anfield in front of a
0: baying mob of lunatics?
1: Because he's not going to play central. He's not going to. He's not going to get into no. the centre of the pitch. He's going to be out in the right wing.
0: But the thing about it is, there's no right wing, left wing, centre. It's it's almost sort of rotational. And you know, if you want to get some scouse goon who wants to give him abuse you know you knock yourself out I mean they are very close to the pitch I have noticed that that the fans put it straight. Sterling has come back from a lot worse he hasn't proved it yet and I'd love to see him you know if he breaks his duck there wow well, that would just be that just of the dreams wouldn't it yeah oh, all right, just be They obviously have people who work with the players you know uh, psychologically psychologically He needs to sort of break that duck. And I think once he does, you know, the world's his oyster almost. You know, we can go to Anfield and win, and they are our kryptonite. tonight. We were going anywhere, anytime, anywhere last season – but just at Anfield, for whatever reason, I can think of a few a smashed up buses, one. And uh, the police can't still can't find one person who did anything wrong. Did you hear but, the, what,
1: the news, Walter, this week that Liverpool offered, made an offer to pay City for the damages done to the bus, and City told them to stick it? That was very, very gratifying. <laughs> they said no thanks. Uh,
0: getting, oh, getting money out of Liverpool FC, I'd have just, I'd have got some of the money off them. But it's just they with the police not doing anything about it and you see Pep when he got off the coach being sarcastic saying thanks for the protection you know it's it makes a mockery. Why wouldn't they do it again? You know, what is the deterrent for Liverpool not to go and smash up City's bus again? I I
1: read this week that actually the first time that they did that, the ushers actually were ushering the Liverpool supporters down through to the, the place where the City bus was coming through. They really are a contemptible lot, aren't they? Even the police.
0: Well, there was fans on top of the police fans, and I'm thinking, well, how are they getting up there? Number one, how are they allowed to stay up there? So, I think this is going to happen again. Would it surprise you?
1: Not really. I really hope that Sterling can get it together mentally. Um, City, City have all of these wonderful tacticians and psychologists. It's a long way from when Eddie Large was giving the team um, uh, a half-time pep talk, isn't it? That shows you how far we've come, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> well, it shows you how far we've come just as a profession. I mean, I know we're going to touch on Mendy, and he was three hours late. Now, whether he drove up from London or whatever, I'm not sure. But he wasn't coming in with, you know, um, Mike, I remember Michael Brown been absolutely pissed out of his head in a kebab shop gone midnight and he was playing at three o'clock the next day mm. you know then days of the the way we judged footballers and the way we held footballers to account in some respects are all long gone and any kind of slip now and the media the fans are just hypercritical it just shows you how far standards have improved within football and that goes, people to call it sanitised, but that goes the pitches, you know, the training that they go through, psychologists, the way we analyse different teams that are position that you're going to play against. It's a different sport and If anybody tells me that, you know, teams in the past would give this City team a game, no. No, no, no. We're just so far advanced as a Premier League, but this team in particular, you know, they'd wipe the floor with it. You know, the great Liverpool teams of the past, this team would wipe the floor with them.
1: Mm. Well, Walter, you did mention Benjamin Mendy. Uh, Initially, a lot of people were quite confused about what exactly the extent of this injury was. Uh, Finally, it turned out that Sam Lee from Goal.com clarified it as a bruised metatarsal, and you mentioned as well, he the night before the game, he was um watching the Anthony Joshua fight. Great fight, by the way. Well done, Anthony Joshua. But, um yeah, turning up three hours late, Walter, that's not a case of bad traffic. Does uh, Monsieur Mondi need the Guardiola boot up the backside?
0: Well, it, it could be out traffic, to be honest, because if you leave in London, and set, you've got your sat nav and you're thinking, right, well, I'll get there ten minutes beforehand, Everyone knows how batting him six is for a start. Absolutely so it it's not the trapping. first time
1: though, Walter. Um, there is There are indications um, that it was not necessarily the first time that this has happened for Benjamin.
0: No, I'm not saying it is, but what I'm saying to you is that excuse. If he's travelling from London in the morning, could be a valid excuse. It's dead simple. Benjamin, you either pull your socks up and start producing on the pitch, because that's where it matters or you're gone. There's no two ways about it. He is important to the overall team, but he's not too important to leave out. If he's Mm -hmm. not doing their business on the pitch, producing week in, week out, and doing his lung-busting runs up the left, I sometimes think playing Mendy inhibits Salonay's game. Mm -hmm. You know, and then you've got Zinchenko, who played, who's played two fantastic games, and we're not saying that against the best opposition in the world. He comes inside a lot. If you notice, he... He, he'll move into midfield to bolster the numbers whilst leaving Sane to do to do the damage on the left Mendy too important no people talk about all this so I don't care about the social media side of things and you know that, that's all a bit of fun and he can carry on doing that because I don't think that really inhibits what's happening on the pitch yeah. overall if he's not producing on the pitch up to the standard that we bought him uh, you know Pep will just go next summer thanks Benjamin We've really enjoyed your services, but we've had an offer from from Paris Saint-Germain or whoever. You know, I think it's a good deal for you. And he'll be gone because Pep does not suffer fools at all.
1: Right. So you've got no fears he's going to turn into the new Mario Balotelli and start setting off fireworks in his bathroom or anything like that?
0: The thing with Mario is, Mad Mario, he was, uh, he was a character who we all loved, but he tended to do the business on the pitch. He, you know, he set these fireworks off in his bathroom and then produced a beautiful goal at Old Trafford. Yeah, do what you want, because they're not going out and having 12 pints and a, a couple of whiskey chases. That's not what it, they're all doing. They're not sort of damaging the body in that way. But what I would say is, Mad Mario produced it on the pitch on the whole. And then, you know, when it became a bit too much, having scraps with Roberto and stuff, that's when things went a bit too far. And he had to go. Benjamin Mendy, we've seen glimpses on the pitch. We've not seen a consistent week-in, week-out performance on the pitch because, he's number one, he's been injured. If we're playing a team such as, you know, who presses high and will give us a lot of grief on the quick counter-attacks. I mean, Liverpool last season with Mo Salah, with his quick counter-attacking, if you've got Benjamin Mendy busting up front, you're leaving a space behind. Is he too important? Oh, just no 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 play is too important if they're not produced on the pitch you get them out
1: can they coexist in the same team on the left Sane and Mendy
0: they certainly can do when we're playing teams that are parking the bus or packing it tight at the back, you know what I mean? It's uh, You've got a double overlay and an overload on one side, so yes, completely. But against the top teams, I've got a slight doubts about Mendy, only because I haven't seen enough of him. He's mm. been injured, and when he's he's in, you know, he's looked good, but I remember the guy at Wolves, whoosh, he used to be the Hulk played in the Champions League, but this guy was just like, talk about heavyweight boxing, that's what he looked like, and mm. Mendy couldn't live with him. All all I'm saying is they can coexist depending on the opposition but I I like that. I like the fact that we've got different tactics and different uh, options, yeah. Personnel options to come in to fulfil different roles to take apart different teams and Mendy can perform. You don't want to be pissing Pep off because Pep's got these high standards and if you're dropping below it and if you said it's happened before and if it continues to happen now next summer he'll be gone.
1: Walter, one other player that I do want to draw your attention to is Zinchenko now? Delph picked up a knot. Mendy is going through this a little issue at the moment. Zinchenko's come in, and I'm really grateful that we didn't get rid of him for 16 million wolves because you saw in both games Zinchenko pinging these beautiful balls out to the right wing with wonderful accuracy. Such a neat and tidy player. He's filled in for Mendy stroke Delph expertly, in my opinion. Are you similarly grateful? that we didn't get rid of Oleks Zinchenko?
0: Well, as I said at the time, he's he's not going to get a great deal of playing time. And if he's prepared to live with that, that's fine. He didn't let anybody down. He's a better forward-looking left-back than he is a defensive left-back. Mm. And against teams such as, you know, you, you've got your Brighton, Oxford, you know, Cardiff. He's absolutely adequate and fine. Would I like to see him come up against uh, an in-form Mo Salah next weekend? I think I prefer Delph in that role, to be honest. How um, about I'm an Delph- out-of-form
1: Mo Salah? Because Mo Salah is not informed?
0: Well, he's, he's not, is he? <laughs> I mean, he's a fantastic player. They proved that last year. Now he got the goal of the... Uh, best goal in the world ever I thought Aguero's this weekend was better I thought Hazard's as well mm. uh, the other night which was it's one of them goals where you press rewind straight away go did I just see that that just shows um, you how to
1: get in behind uh, Liverpool though because if you noticed Walter the reason that that was possible is because once again Trent Alexander-Arnold went forward and didn't track back and that is a big worry to Klopp it's been pointed out by the guys on the Anfield Wrap and the various uh, Liverpool pods that I've had a few chances to listen to and they're worried about the fact that uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold gets caught out of position and this could be an opening for us
0: I have to say I've never listened to a, a Liverpool pod. Um, oh, I do, I do, so, I love it. <laughs> oh, you're a braver man than I. Um, well, I'm hoping so. I mean, I've not seen. I don't watch Liverpool week in, week out. I've, uh, to be honest with you, it's the commentary that puts me off. Everything they do is just the commentators just lush over everything they do, and I just think, hang on a minute, I can't. Uh, I'm not listening to this. <laughs> I suppose I could. Look, I could watch them with the sound off. If that's what they're suffering from, great because our wing players will rip them a bit just going back to sort of the original point Zinchenko he's done fantastically well since he came in and you know Fair play to him. They've shown in the door and he's turned around and go, I'm hungry for this and I'm happy here and I'm gonna give you my all. And you saw that the other night. He's not there's no moaning about him, but there certainly is a performance on the pitch. And what more can you ask for? He's only a young lad, you know, and he's getting the best education, footballing education in the world, I believe, working under Pep. So fair play to him, you know, it's he's taken one for the team and he's doing well with it.
1: Just to finish off our little account of the Brighton game let me give you a few facts that may or may not be interesting Aguero has scored 15 goals in his past 11 Premier League appearances that Etihad. had Raheem Sterling has been involved in 35 Premier League goals since the start of last season that's 22 goals and 13 assists a figure, a figure bettered only by Mohamed Salah with 46 and Harry Kane with 38 Ansane has assisted more Premier League goals since the start of last season than any other player with 17 and City have now won their opening four Premier League games of a season for the fourth time going on to win the division on the past two occasions that they achieved that feat in 2011-12 and 2013-14 so it's quite a good omen isn't it? I
0: don't know about that last start this was the from first the first season oh well that no, is it's definitely wrong the first season under Pep we won the first four didn't we? we won about the first ten games in the season and then we played Celtic and uh, it might as well be Celtic you know we uh, we drew that game I think up at their place and then the wheels started to come off a little bit because remember everyone saying, can you do? Are you going to go and win all four competitions? To Pep, and he was like, "No, (laughs) ridiculous thing to say." And fair play, Pep had assessed the squad enough by that point to realise we were in a scrap still, even though we were bombing on ahead. It's always a good sign, but I I always say nobody wins. I mean, anybody listens to the podcast for it? Go, what are you repeating yourself? Nobody wins the league in. Before Christmas, but well, people lose it definitely.
1: Okay. Well, Walter, I'll pass your concerns on to our team of fact checkers. Okay. <laughs> so let's go back a little bit in time to the EFL cup or the Carabao cup, Oxford United nil. Man City 3 the Stockport Iniesta now Guardiola made 10 changes from the side that won 5-0 at Cardiff City at the weekend kept just the odd £256 million worth of talent on the bench but still had uh, enough to win without really being threatened Oxford had until that time only won one of their first nine league games losing six and Carl Robinson their manager admitted that he was more concerned with their visit to uh, Wimbledon AFC Wimbledon this Saturday three goals the first one Gammy Jay's a wonderful 40-yard pass from Foden he had a hand in all three goals it picked out Brian Diaz he took a shot shot came off the goalkeeper Gabby Jesus on the spot with a close-range header he's good at that he's good at being in the right spot at the right time and that was a wonderful ball a 40-yard ball from Foden and that was the start of the Phil Foden show impressed with the youngster are you Walter?
0: Well, it was like a proper stepping ladder. You know when you see the Olympics, you got the bronze, silver, and gold. The first one was the assist for the assist. That was the bronze. Mm. Then it was the assist. Mm-hmm. That was the silver. And then... <laughs> The moment we've all been waiting for, the gold medal, the goal. Mm -hmm. And it was the knee slide, it was the dick-off moment, the the actual realisation for a young, talented Manchester City fan. You could see and genuine emotion. You get so many players that point at the badge and give it a kiss and whatever, but this is a guy who absolutely means it. It was just... Great for all us City fans to us relive our youth, you know what I mean? Watching this young man, you know, just fulfil his dreams. It was just fantastic
1: you mentioned the bronze medal the silver medal and the gold medal let's talk about the silver medal because that was a wonderful, another wonderful diagonal pass from Foden to release Riyad Mahrez and Riyad is really getting back to the championship winning Riyad Mahrez he looks a lot more comfortable, a lot more confident Walter, he looks like he's growing in stature, he's always had a superb touch but he's got that lethal touch as well now and it's coming back isn't it
0: we, How many City fans said it? time he just needs that first goal and then you know the floodgates will open and I do believe has he scored the same or has he scored more goals than Sanchez has since he arrived last January so he's a few years younger than Sanchez he's had the time off from the World Cup people were talking about his pre-season form and I'm thinking mate you know it's, uh, he's playing with a load of youngsters and he, he hasn't found the rhythm of the team that he's, he's going to be playing with in the Premier League I'm looking forward to seeing him trying to unlock some of these defences in Europe as well anybody tries to sit deep you know this is a a guy a lethal I mean when he when he flies to Europe he has to put that he has to declare that left leg as a lethal weapon when he's getting on the plane you know he knows how to spank a ball I'd love to see the Leicester City Mores at Manchester City but with the Pep dust and magic to even improve him even more you know you don't judge a player in August or September you know at the end of the season is when you're starting to make judgments about how well they've done because so many players hit Gabby James who's hit the, hit the ground and running. And so, you know, people were talking about him replacing Aguero. That hasn't quite worked out like that. You know, you were hoping he's got all his attributes and he's a young man and he's going to improve. Is he an Aguero? Well, no.
1: Then, Walter, you had the gold medal goal from Phil Foden. He'd made a superb strike from the left-hand side that I thought was quite reminiscent of Eden Hazard's goal for Chelsea against Liverpool, the way he struck it from the left into the right-hand corner. You're, uh. I think you have
0: been a bit generous there. I
1: think. Oh, really? Well, of course, the opposition wasn't quite the same, but you know.
0: What made that goal for him was the fact that he took it so early. And that's what the the keeper's not sort of steadied himself. And he won't have. He won't have come up against a player like Foden in the past. You know, he, he's down with the cloggers. And he, he'd have been looking at someone to trap and then drinks and try and make a bit of room for himself and then fire it off. But this was just... It was a one-touch football. Bang, bang, straight away. And it wasn't even just a pass into the net. He rifled that as well. And that's that's a sign of just someone who's confident, uber-confident, he hasn't even scored. I mean, this this is a young man who's got the world at his feet. Um, if he plays his cards right and he plays his time right and he gets his opportunities and takes his opportunities... We're talking about a player that could go on to play for City for the next 15 years and and play for England and do superbly well. We'll probably get booed down at Wembley, but who cares? We don't care as City fans.
1: The Oxford manager Carl Robinson summed up Foden's performance in these words. His feet are to die for. His ability and his orientation of himself on the pitch is genius. There's a naturalness to his game and something we have not seen for a long time. It reminded me of watching Barcelona and Iniesta in those positions. Is that praise a little bit too high, Walter?
0: Yeah, I mean, we're talking about, we're playing Oxford, and what I don't want to see is, you've got a young man with the world at his feet, only hard work absorbing what Pep has to say, and the lessons from people around him is going to elevate him anywhere near, I mean... Iniesta to, to get to that level Or I mean let's get this right To get to Iniesta On a bad days level We're talking about An extremely talented player Who's going to be doing it Against top opposition Week in Week out And what I don't want to see happen is The amount Either that Kind of praise goes to his head Because then He ain't feeling his potential Or City fans Expecting Him to get to that level Iniesta At 18 Wouldn't have been Iniesta That we all fell in love with You know You've got to give this young man time You've got to get give him place to make his errors you've got to give it back him 100% like the City fans have backed Sterling in many ways you know it was a case of the Scouts Mafia and the media went after Sterling and the City fans kind of went well sod use that he's one of ours and put a sort of arm around him Foden needs that and more if he's going to complete this uh, journey to get anywhere near Yester.
1: okay Walter up next is a trip To Hoffenheim in the second Champions League fixture of the season. So we know that they drew their first game 2-2 with Shakhtar Donetsk. And uh, we know a little about these guys. They're managed by Julian Nagelsmann. Of course, he's uh, on his way to RB Leipzig next season. They're sitting one point ahead of us in the group. Nagelsmann has been uh, in the press giving his uh, views about the upcoming game. And he says it's the biggest game in the history of the club. So everyone is extremely, everyone is extremely hot, extremely motivated for every player. It's a dream to play in the Champions League. We had the massive game against Liverpool last season in the qualifier. Walter, you'll remember that they were knocked out in qualifying by Liverpool. He said, you couldn't believe the buzz in this region. Now the game against Manchester City is even topping it. Now, Walter, they sit 11th in the Bundesliga. They've just been beaten 2-1 by RB Leipzig, which is Nagelsmann's next club. Despite this, uh, he's quite confident going into the match. He says, when Guardiola was managing Bayern, he didn't like coming to Hoffenheim. It was very difficult when he came here. And he'll remember that. He knows this stadium and what to expect. It's a bonus game. We don't have much to lose. Everyone sees them as big favourites. But the whole world saw them as big favourites against Lyon. And Lyon hurt them really badly, even at City's ground. Walter, how do you see this game? Will Nagelsmann be eating his words with a little bit of schnitzel?
0: <laughs> it just makes me... What kind of universe do we live in? Uh, just you know, a few years ago someone said that playing Manchester City was the biggest game for their club. You'd think we'd drawn a non-league entity apart, a pub team in a a cup competition. It just shows you how far Manchester City have come. I don't watch a great deal of German football. You know, he's made some valid points there. I'm just hoping that City are motivated is the collective kick up the backside that they needed. This ain't going to be an easy game. You know, to to finish top four in the German league, we're not talking about mugs here. The manager's never going to turn around and say, we ain't got a chance here. he's come out he's been positive about his team which you'd expect and I'm sure Pep Guardiola didn't go like going to Hoffenheim but I'm sure Bayern Munich certainly did well there you know it's just one of them where it's not a must win game but because we lost that first one it's a pressure game
1: Walter and listeners the City Watch website helpfully informs us a little bit about Hoffenheim their typical formation involves three central defenders a defensive midfielder two energetic wing backs a midfield pair and two strikers. They're missing their talismanic captain, Kevin Vogt. Crucial centre-back for them, who originally signed as a midfielder and helps their build-up play. And on Man City Fan TV, Andy Turner was interviewing a young 19-year-old German City fan called Tobias, and he was explaining that the loss of Vogt is a huge disappointment for Nagelsmann and for Hoffenheim and that this may allow City to create these central overloads in around 30 yards from goal. That area where Bernardo. Silva, David Silva, or Gundogan can create opportunities to score. Walter, do you think that because of the familiarity that he will play both his Germans in this game, Gundogan and Leroy Sane?
0: Who knows with Pep? You know what I mean? It's uh, a riddle within a riddle sometimes when it comes to making team selections, especially with the big game at the weekend. You know, I could tell you one starting lineup, and then when the lineup comes out, he makes a fool of everybody. It wouldn't be a bad idea just to play because you think they'd be motivated as well. You know, you're going back to Germany especially Leroy if he can put, turn in a performance and make a nonsense of him not going to the World Cup this is the this is the one game this year he's playing in Germany where he can make a fool of the German manager so I hope that's enough sort of motivation for him to go out and destroy this team but I quite like the fact that they're energetic and they like to push up no matter what stat or what way the game finishes the stat is City are going to have more possession for so the best arguably the best in the world at keeping possession of the ball Playing against that team, if they're not used to defending and defending in numbers and keeping the lines, hopefully we can. Uh, I said it against Leon, I thought we were going to win there, but you know, hopefully with the kick up the backside is enough to push us over the line. To be honest, I'd take a one-nil stuffy on goal coming off Leroy Sani's backside. As long as we get the three points, it really doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, City Watch have uh, interviewed a Bundesliga fanatic called Matthew Burt. Here's what he says about the prediction for the game. He says, I'm a great fan of the Bundesliga and have a lot of time for Hoffenheim, but I've also seen what City can do to teams with their attacking talent, and I fear for Hoffenheim, to be honest. Nagelsmann has never faced Guardiola when Pep was at Bayern, and he may not enjoy his first meeting. I expect a City win, and Hoffenheim will do well to keep the score respectable. That is quite some prediction. I hope it goes that way. I think we need this.
0: Uh, I'm looking forward to the Champions League game. Tentatively looking forward to the game at Anfield. As I say, we never, ever seem to do well there. I'm not going to the game, so hopefully we can uh, pull off a result.
1: Give me a prediction for Hoffenheim and a prediction for Liverpool.
0: Well, I don't know much about the German League, but according to the main man you were talking about there and listening to his quotes, I'll go... City. 4-1 City.
1: Okay, now, here's the big one. Liverpool at Anfield at the weekend. What's going to happen?
0: I'm going 2-0 City. You
1: are the most optimistic City fan in the world. It's right what those guys on Blue Moon Rising TV said about you.
0: You just look at... I mean, Liverpool are a fantastic team and have been well set up by Klopp. And Klopp suits that club down to the ground. I'm hoping they go in slightly overconfidently in terms of They've done us twice there. There's a lot of luck involved, chances involved. It's just which team takes their chances better on the day. And I think it's about our turn, 2-0. We
1: really, really owe them one, so you're saying 2-0. Okay, Blues, let's leave it here for now. Join us on the next episode when we will reflect on the game at Hoffenheim. So until then, it's goodbye from Walter. See you later. And it's goodbye from me until then. Up the blues.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> Must get out of the box as well. <laughs>